Hello and welcome to the Scottish Indie Podcast. Tonight I'm delighted to welcome along Adam and Lewis from The Notions. How are you going, guys? Great, man. Good to be here. Hi, thanks very much for having us on. No, it's a pleasure. It's been a few months in the offing, but we're we're finally here. And uh, I guess, well, this podcast won't be released to the start of February, but it's a, it should have been a significant night for you guys and don't want to start on a negative note, yes. but we're, we're, we're trying to keep busy anyway. We'll say that. I <laughs> <laughs> not to think about it. I know yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a sore one, isn't it? But I believe that the the touch gig will go ahead just a bit later on now. At uh, some point in the future, we can't go into too much detail on it yet, but we do, we do have a date. It will go ahead, yeah, hopefully. Uh, and that's it. Uh, you've, you've started 2022 on a positive in terms of releasing Dependent and uh, getting a lot of airplay, a lot of positive feedback. Do you take a, a bit of comfort in that, that you've released new material that's went down really well and there is a, a demand for your music, albeit yeah, yeah. not being able to, to perform it at Touch tonight, but there'll be plenty of opportunities over the course of the year. Definitely. We've been like overwhelmed with the response to it because we released... Um, you feel the same like back in August and that did like all right, but not nothing crazy. Whereas this was like getting picked up on like a lot of different radios and stuff like that. And even uh, last night, there was a guy from like one of the enemy writers was like um, sending us messages, kind of saying he really liked it and stuff like that, which has been great. But the reason we released it when we did was to try and push it for like uh, King Tuts and stuff like that. But um, hopefully come the next single, we'll be able to push that towards another gig. But um We'll just have to see. So, so was that the, the sole reason for, for releasing in January or, or was it a kind of statement of intent for the year ahead? Because you had a, a jam-packed 2021 despite the, the circumstances, new music, some big live shows, and it seems like you're kind of starting the year on the front foot again. Well, that was the plan. We actually we recorded Dependent. We've actually had the song for years. It was one of the first ones that we wrote. We've changed that a good bit when we went into the studio to record it with, uh, with Jamie Holmes. But aye, that was the plan. We, we'd all finished in mid-December. And we were going to put it out in time for St Luke's. But just by the time we get the master and done the artwork, it wouldn't have really worked out. So we decided, no, we'll just hold off for a couple of weeks and we'll get it out kind of first, first thing in January. Start us off for the new year, and as you say, hopefully push touch. And we've got Sneaky Pete's our Edinburgh debut as well uh, at the end of February twenty sixth. You finished last year with the the gig at St Luke's that you just mentioned there. How was that? It's a it's a fantastic venue, and I think the Glasgow crowd since live music has returned in August. The atmosphere has been absolutely brilliant. Everything I've been to, I can't imagine that was much different. It's been. Um... I've been to a good few gigs since like um, August, since it all went back off, and it has um, it's been amazing. But um, it was a shame because it was like starting to wind down towards Christmas, and like a lot of like, like COVID was kind of kicking off again. There's a lot of people couldn't make it, but um, a good it was still a great turnout as well. And just to play like St. Luke's was amazing. It's definitely the, by far the best sound we've had, um, and just like playing a venue like that, oh, it's amazing. I was kind of going through your, your 2021 and it was things like releasing Do You Feel the Same, a big gig for this feeling and Kelly, the gig at Broadcast as well. 
there's there's quite a few highlights in there. The the videos from broadcast look absolutely fantastic. I broadcast was great with the way that the way that uh, came about was we actually done an immersive one of the immersive TV gigs at room two. That was with RCMS, Martin Ross. They've been they've been great with us since we come back and before COVID as well, really. And uh, that came about a lot straight after the immersive gig. Right, what can we do when this all gets lifted? And it turned out the date that we picked for broadcast was the the first Friday that things opened up. That was just that was complete luck, but I completely worked in our favour. And it was like kind of we managed to get a lot of people to come to the gigs that like maybe wouldn't have necessarily come. But see, because it was that kind of like back to normality push, like it, it definitely worked in our favour. And I think we really do feel the same the night before. So it was uh, just it all went off. It was brilliant timing, bit of luck as well, but uh, brilliant timing. That's kind of like. Christmas Day for music fans, given oh, the, the eighteen months yeah. that went before. Uh, it was over. It was kind of overwhelming that night. It was weird because I'd, I was obviously working the full week. I don't know if Adam had been out, but that was the first night, and it was like going into. I remember obviously we were there before we sound checked and all that. Then we went and grabbed a bite to eat, and we come back, and the place was packed, and it was like you just won the won the used to it, but it was like overwhelming in a good way. It was like all these people are here to see us. Like it was been, quite. Sorry, when you were loose. Aye, so I think, how long had it been? 17 months, I think, so we'd played in front of a crowd. And then all of a sudden you get into broadcasting. If, if you've been in broadcast, you know what it's like. It's like when it's packed, it's packed. You can't move for folk. So uh, it was brilliant that night. It, it was quite stressful as well, though, because like hanging over me as well, was like there was still a lot of COVID kicking about at that point. And it was like, I think restrictions kind of eased maybe a few days before and like the whole time I was like oh my god it was like avoid this place and that place like you can't ruin the first gig back and then as well it was like this is like a lot of people's first nights out in ages like we, we've got to be pretty good like oh this is like make or break almost like folk will be like god been locked in for 17 months for that like um and when we showed up as well and it was like I think it was obviously the first day all the staff had been in as well and the, the, the stage, I think, had literally just been built. Like, it was like a construction site when we went in, and I was, oh, we were, we were stressed, but it all worked out in the end. Was there an element of actually kind of, I suppose I could say it's like riding a bike, but you're kind of <laughs> almost familiarising yourself again with the, the surroundings and, and just getting back to the plane and actually seeing actual human beings at, at close quarters? Aye. For, for the plane stance, I'm really glad we've done the immersive gig before like no not too long before broadcast because when we when we started uh, rehearsing again for the immersive gig we were bad it was really bad because obviously we hadn't seen each other for like probably about a year i would seen each other but we hadn't really played together but it was lucky that we'd done that like because we're kind of that was like a bit of a warm-up for getting back to normality but in terms of in terms of seeing folk and all that it was like it was more of a buzz because a lot of the folk that we'd seen again, we hadn't seen them for so long because some it was our pals, but it was some folk that we recognised for like coming to see us, and it was all it was all the same folk, and it was it was great. It was like because again, it was the first time. It's that like a big reunion. Yeah, it was brilliant. Aye, exactly. What about the the hometown show and uh, for this feeling? Their uh, their lineups are are absolutely brilliant. There's I really enjoyed. I was at the the Raz. Uh, in October time and it was just a brilliant night out, a brilliant bill and a few bands that I hadn't heard of prior to going along to broadcast that night playing as well, which is, is brilliant when you 
you just go along, you've got no expectation and a band just kind of sweep you off your feet type of thing. Yeah, definitely the, the selection that this feeling have is amazing. And um, that's the one thing I'd say with that gig is that we we made good pals with the Catons who headlined that. And um, like without these gigs and stuff, we would have met half the bands that we do know and that we still speak to. It's just, they provide great like opportunities to meet folk like that. Uh, it's, a, it's a good community, like, like you were saying with the Catons. We talk on enough to the Catons an awful lot. And I remember like, years ago, probably... Probably either when we were just starting or just before we started, like seeing the videos of Adam, the front man of the cartons, like he done, he was playing in a pub and it was just after the DMAs were playing uh, in Glasgow and he was up, he was up uh, playing with the front man of the DMAs. So like, these are these are folk that you kind of know, but like you never really get a chance to speak to. I think they're for Livingston, which is like an, an hour away for us. So like, we like that kind of builds up a good sense of community, especially with folk that you don't often get in touch with. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point because as we were talking before we we started, so I'm talking about conversation that wasn't actually on the record, so forgive me if you listen to this, uh, but with the, the kind of cancellation and rescheduling of a lot of gigs, having that relationship with, with bands will be very, very helpful for you because there's going to be occasions where they're short of a support band, there's going to be last minute gigs coming up here, there and everywhere because there's there's so many that are now finding themselves double booked after that that long period of time where there was nothing. It's almost kind of back and back at a hundred miles an hour. Uh, you kinda you kinda have you don't expect it now. But see because we have we have had so many setbacks in this at first when things like when things like the cancellations and the postponements were happening was it was really frustrating. But I think now it is still frustrating, but now you're kind of like, you're half used to it. But when you, it's when you sad, a gig, it's sad, it's like that. It is sad, it's like that, but you're just, you've kind of got it. Like, I don't feel, it doesn't feel real until you're like actually at the gig now. Because that's absolutely. like, King Touch, like the one that's supposed to be tonight, that was so up in the air. And we were even, we were rehearsing for that like last week and stuff like that. We just had no clue it could have gone either way. St. Luke's as well, it was like so stressful until you're like actually there. And people start coming in, you're like, all right, okay, it's fine, we can kind of relax. It was the same even before lockdown, because the, when we done the, the headline at room two, I think that was on the Friday, and then Monday that was just lockdown was announced. Up. So I get that's like a last, probably, bar broadcast and uh, pressure in Kelly, our last two kind of bigger gigs have been kind of up in there until the very last minute. Uh, it, it kind of sets up a theme of not being allowed to look forward to anything. That's that's something that's kind of come from the, the pandemic because you, in the back of your mind, you're always protecting yourself from that risk of being disappointed when it, it gets cancelled or it gets moved again. There came yeah. a, a stage where I just actually stopped buying tickets for things for a wee bit just to to spare myself that disappointment, to be honest with you. Because yeah, because you just, you get no idea. Half these gigs were getting postponed like three or four times. Like, I had tickets for, I've still not even seen up tickets for Peter Hook, who was to play in the Barras. Um, it's now July, I, isn't it? It is July. I think I bought those tickets like two and a half years ago or something like that. It's nuts. Uh, I'm, I'm the same. I, I think I'd, I've still got the Twilight Sad as well, and that's been, that's been moved. and. At one point, I think it was cancelled, and 
then they decide no, we've got another date and it got cancelled again, and it's just uh, it's, it's quite hellish when you just. But there's obviously bigger things going on in the world, but it's it's yeah. just uh, it's disappointment you've got. I suppose, but, yeah. It's it's a release for so many people as well. So it, to to have that taken away from you, you're naturally going to be disappointed, and I don't think there's any there's any shame. Yeah, I will say though, with, with the pandemic and like the, it definitely did bring a lot of good to the band, I suppose, because with all that time to just do nothing, like um, I definitely spent a lot more time like trying to write songs and like we mean Lewis would send each other stuff a lot, like like time we wouldn't have had to like sit and write stuff otherwise. Like I had, I mean, I still don't really have any clue how to like do any recordings or things like that, but I bought myself like a wee like. DI box and did a few like demos and stuff like that, which I probably never would have bothered to do um like without the pandemic. Uh, that's probably how some of these like newer songs are right and have come about. So you've got to look on the, the positive side, I suppose. Like say our next single, it was actually more try more try to write and try to decide. And I was just going back through. This was maybe three or four weeks ago. I was going back through mine and Adam's messages from like right in the middle of the lockdown. And I found one that I'd totally forgotten about that he'd sent me. And I think it's looking like now that that one's going to turn into a, a new single that we're recording soon. So like, there's definitely been a lot of good coming out of it with the amount of ideas that we were able to come up with. And sometimes and like, four, or, four or five of the ideas can combine into one, which is kind of what happened with the Feel the Same. So that's, another kind of, to it. that's another kind of interesting bit as well. There is quite a lot of people myself definitely coming under that head and where I, I lacked inspiration to do much more than, than watch episodes of the Tiger King and maybe open a, a book now and again but they, there was other people that were just finding inspiration from having that extra time in their hands and, and coming up with some really good things were, were you able to keep your, your mind ticking over and, and keep active? I think to an extent, I mean, definitely, don't get me wrong, I watched a lot of Tiger King and, like, James Bond movies and stuff, but um, I just tried to because I knew it was going to be a while before we could gig, and that was, like, where the focus was heading for us all, like, up until that point, and we'd never really sat down and tried to write stuff. Like, songs had kind of been rushed and pushed together, and I kind of thought, right, well, chances are I'm never going to have, like, time like this again. I may as well try and utilise it and stuff. Um... So it was definitely worth it in that sense. But like, yeah, you could you could sit for a day though and like nothing would happen. You could be there for like eight hours trying to write a song and you would have, you'd end up the day with nothing. And then sometimes you would sit and in 10 minutes you've got like a full song. But I suppose that's, that's, that's part of it. That's certainly impressive because I, as I say, I, I think that it's been quite incredible to see. And I guess we're getting the, the results of that now where you're seeing what people have been working on over the last two years now. Uh, definitely, there's been there's been an immense amount of great music, especially from um, Glasgow and like Scotland wide over the last like year, definitely. I I don't know for for what I can see anyway. I mean, obviously we've not been involved in the whole scene for that long, but for what I can see, I think the now is possibly the best it's been for, or one of the strongest it's been for a long time. Going for like the biggest the biggest bands all the way down to like bands the size of us like. Everybody, everybody's releasing good music and it's great it's great for the area and you've got bands coming through it like the scene in West Lothian men, seems mental you know? I feel like there's good stuff coming out of there every five minutes and obviously like the Snuts getting their number one album and all that so 
uh, and kind of inspiring a wee bit. But that's good. There's a, a bit of a kick up the arse and thinking, oh, if we look at this, maybe maybe something could come out. I, I couldn't agree more. And I've talked about this in the podcast quite a lot of times, but there's no reason why that can't happen. Mogwai in the snuts last year raised the bar further. It had been a number of years since a, a Scottish indie band had achieved success like the Snuts and Mogwai did last year. But there's a whole host of emerging talent coming through constantly a lot. And it's I think there's almost a belief in these acts as well that we can we can take on we can take on whatever's going to be put in front of us. It's almost a kind of a mentality shift because I think that the Scottish attitude we can quite we can be quite down on ourselves. We can be quite negative about being ambitious and, and hold ourselves back. But it, it feels and I don't know. I would maybe actually link it to the to qualification for the Euros last year. Actually, in in terms of the country Absolutely. got that. That left and I was literally just going to say that there. It just all seems to tie in. I I think I think after if linking it to football, like twenty two years, when I 20, 22, 23 years, whatever it was for the last time we reached a tournament. Twenty three by the time we got to play, but I was twenty two years. I know. Technically, <laughs> we we weren't even born, and obviously football was probably the biggest thing in this country. And when you've got that many people, like that's a shite, like. We're never going to make it, then that that does kind of spread out, and I think I think that was the same with the bands a lot. And now all of a sudden, no, all of a sudden there was obviously some great music before that. But I think when you when new bands coming up in that as well, out of nowhere, I think a lot of folk have took a lot of inspiration for that. And as well, like when we put it dependent, they feel the same as well. But the messages we've got, I don't know about Adam, but like I've got messages for folk that I've not spoke for for like school. Saying, "Oh, it's brilliant," and all that, and this is this is folk that would have probably ripped the piss out of us in school for being in a band, and now, now they're kind of into it and they're behind it, so it's good. That's it. And uh, the next question, kind of, that took me on nicely there. In terms of you're starting out in, in Kelly, starting a band, it's possibly more known for for delicious pies and Biffy Clyro. But what was the inspiration <laughs> behind setting out and? And maybe breaking away from these kind of stereotypes about bands, because as, as you say, there's possibly a chance when you're you're starting out that people are going to turn their noses up and and dismiss you right off the bat. Did that give you a kind of push to prove them wrong? Um, I mean, there was definitely a lot of slating, especially when we were at <laughs> at school. But I think it was more like I didn't really know anybody at school that was like really into music. And like me and Lewis, Lewis the year below me at school, we weren't like. We really like, we had different friend groups at school, but like there wasn't many people who like wanted to to play in bands and stuff like that. So I don't know if we kind of like saw each other out along with Chris, the drummer, um, as to try and like go somewhere with it. But um, we didn't. There was no real like. I remember seeing like talent shows and stuff like that, like at the school, like there would be some bands and stuff like that, but it was never really like a big thing, and. I don't know. It was it was Lewis like asked me because I was I was always too too scared to play like in front of people and stuff like that, and I was desperate for something like this to try and like like find it like be able to play in front of people and like take it further. And that was exactly that was, that was exactly what the band did. 
went oh school was murdered do you remember that higher history class Adam I will meet, um, in the last year of school we, we sat next to each other and oh, I, was that, was just, that was just daily daily berating just getting annihilated aye. by the teacher as well oh aye. <laughs> Character, character building though. I feel like that's exactly. stood as in good stead. Like for now. And it's good. And as I say, it's good to get the messages for the folk that did just to the piss about prisoners now. I so, that's it. And it gives you a good opportunity. Hopefully they're not too distant where you can go back to the history teacher and just a big fuck you to him. And you can say <laughs> and There's a lot of a young talent, as I've already mentioned, emerging in Scotland. You've played that a couple of shows around breakthrough artists and such like uh, when you got together in 2019 just thinking of the likes of, of Connor Fife and uh, Maya Herley who I've, I've had on the podcast as well who are slightly younger than yourselves but achieving great things at a very early age and, and demonstrating confidence that defies their years as well it's incredible, definitely. Caught when we met Connor, I couldn't believe. It. I think he was thirteen or something like that when oh. we supported him. Aye, I was ridiculous. Like, I cannot believe you were thirteen years old. Like, I, I get such a, I get such a shock. Like, see, when I was thirteen, I don't even think look, my voice is broken. <laughs> and he's built, he's built out Foo Fighters tunes. He's sell with an acoustic guitar. I was, I was no. Nah, that I think he's brilliant. Again, that's I, I can imagine that starting out at an early age and as well not kind of going with the grain in terms of if you're 10, 11 years of age and playing Foo Fighters songs people are going to go, what the hell's that? They're not going to why is he not singing Robbie Williams? Why is he not singing Louis Capaldi? But instead going out and doing his own thing and and believing in himself, I, I think that takes an incredible amount of bravery Aye, there's a great there's a great wee community for that in Glasgow. It's actually where we first started playing in Glasgow and we had the likes of that gig supporting Connor at the Classic Grand. That would have been three that was three years ago now, nearly four. And uh, there's a great Mick Mick Hargan. He does I don't know where he does it now, but at the time when we first started off in 2018, 2019, aye, 2018, uh, it was at King Tut's on a Sunday and it was downstairs in the bar. And it was all it was all kind of folk like that uh, where you'd get in and you'd play three songs but it was every, it was like a good week community because it was folk our age younger like you'd folk like Connor there who else would have been at that time oh what's her name again Claire I'm who's she goes, by Cher- she goes by Cherry now she was, she's on the she supported the Libertines at the Barras I seen her there and she she's on this she was on the same bill as us for Tuts with the New Year's uh, revolution so like that that community at that time which is still going on that's really that's there's some right good talent coming out of that you know. I'm sure I forgot a few folk as well that we played with in about that time. But there was a good few anyway. That was that was a great start to getting us like playing Glasgow and stuff like that because we'd only really done gigs in like Kilmarnock and Stuart and where it was like we were just playing to our pals and it was it was a good way to get like exposure and stuff like that. And uh, there's probably loads of bands that have come up and started that way anyway. I just selling we'd, we'd book out big function rooms. It was usually in command that we'd book out big function rooms and we'd just say, right, five are in the door. And folk would just turn up. Obviously, we weren't the age to drink all that yet, so it was like a big night out for folk. Folk would if they would get their big brother or sister's ID and all that. And <laughs> aye, but they were they're still probably the biggest crowds we've had, the gigs. Because again, we were just a 
it was just a big night out for everybody when we were like 16, 15, 16, 17. It's just been everything's exciting and everything's like an adventure. It sounds absolutely class. How positive is it that the younger artists are getting the, the platform to perform as well? Because it's not always been that way. There's a lot of the venues as well are, are bars and licensed premises where under-18s aren't able to to get in, never mind perform on the stage. But there's there's a lot of that changing and it feels like there's younger artists getting the, the opportunities that they weren't afforded previously. See, see, especially with like uh, venues as well, but see, especially, I know a lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about like streaming and killing the music industry, et cetera, et cetera. But see, honestly, see for young bands like us, like see like 20 years ago, we would never in the situation we are now have been able to have the exposure, et cetera, that we've had without something like Spotify and being able to actually have our songs recorded and put out to be streamed wherever they want to be. Like, that's just such a great um, facility to have. I, I totally agree. And I think the, I think the other kind of interesting part of that is, what's your take on the, the streaming of live gigs? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> on it. As much as, right, the immersive thing was great, right? It was good. It goes back into the swing yet. Obviously, we were able to sell tickets and that again. But I have never been so nervous for anything in my life. It was like, you ever seen Black Mirror? Yes. It was like an episode of Black Mirror. It was weird. And we done a few as well. Was, yeah, like being surrounded by the door, screen, it was kind of scary. Aye, I don't know. It was just like the one, the ones we done out your back door and all, Adam. It's just kind of soul destroying. It's, it was what we had to do at that time, though, and it was still Aye. nice to, be able to play to people, and like you're still getting no, spotted. So you try to shift a ticket at like eight pounds for someone to watch you on their phone is next to impossible. I, I, I see my kind of argument against that is I, I think that there was quite a lot of bands that came up with quite innovative ways of, of performing, especially during. The initial parts of of the pandemic, and you had nothing else to do, so it was it was a nice release from the kind of the reality and the uncertainty of what was going on. But then I think it also opens up to people that that might previously not have been able to go to gigs for a number of reasons, uh, whether that be travelling or health, or could, the list could go on and on and on. Yeah, I think I'll get could maybe open up. Aye. No, I definitely agree with you on that. And I've, as well, there's been a lot of bands that have came for, like, like, joy, like uh, formed in the middle of the lockdown and all that and have gained popularity for doing things like that. But I don't know. I, there was just some, it, it, didn't, it didn't feel real. And it was hard it's, to get the same, totally the same buzz for it as there was to playing, to playing to a crowd. I, no, I, I, I totally get what you mean. But see, um, it's definitely like see people like my grand and grandpa and all that. They'd have never been able to come to these like dingy, wee sweaty venues. Um, but then like things like the online gig, like they were able to tune into that. And I suppose it gives people, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It gives people like who yeah who would not normally be able to go to these gigs like as close to the experience I suppose as you can get without actually being there. So in that so sense, could, yeah, definitely good. So could there be a, a almost a hybrid approach where? For talking sake, if if I'm going along and, and you guys are playing the bars, I'm, I'm wanting to see 
the gig. I want I want to be there. I want to sample yeah. the atmosphere. I want to sample everything that goes with it. Though, if you were to charge half price for or fifteen pounds, only on the day or when there's a certain amount of tickets being sold or, or whatnot, there must be a way around this where your dad and grandpa can then go on and and actually watch the gig at the Barrowlands, but don't have to be covered in pints of what you hope is lager. <laughs> but <laughs> um, definitely, I think that's more that's better because. I think with these immersive ones, it was like kind of recorded and you would like, you could watch it after. And my kind of thing was like, like you could just watch like YouTube videos of folk playing and stuff like that. Whereas I think I, if you're talking like a full normal gig, that's just being live streamed that you feel like you're part of it, I suppose at that point. Um, I definitely, if there was gigs like that, like I maybe couldn't afford a ticket to at the time, um, but they were like half price or something like that and it was sold out. I would definitely go along to the, or pay for things like that. Yeah, it's, it's, I was kind of playing devil's advocate, but I, I think there is a, I think there is a, a way that they both can exist in, in harmony without oh. that experience that you described, Dad, uh, Lewis, where it's like almost a, a nauseating experience, and it's a very uncomfortable one for you to actually perform in. Right. Whereas you're you're not actually aware, or you're aware that you're being filmed, but your main priority and your main concern is the room that you're in and the the audience that are in front of you. Aye. I'm going to go all the way back to the, the release of Giving Up the Masquerade and I don't know if you'll agree and maybe you won't but there's a, I think there's naturally a, a progression through the, the music that you've released despite the fact that you said that the new singles actually was one of the first songs you've you've written I think there's a you can see the advancement of your, your sound and the, the maturity levels as well I think there's a, there's a much more mature sound about the notions in 2022 than there was back at the release of that debut AP. But all that being said, I'd imagine there's still a great deal of pride when you when you reflect on the, the release of that first EP. Absolutely. Like like what you're saying with the maturity thing, we would we would have been 16, 17 when we done that EP. Until to look back and think, right, well 16, 17 we were able to get Four songs written, recorded, and released for everybody to hear. So when you look at it that way, then that's a good thing. But a hundred percent agree with you in the sense that we've that we've progressed. I, I don't think I don't think that's that's hard to see. I think the, the quality of the songs that we're putting out now, production wise, writing wise, and performing wise, we have went up. A, we've we've took a step up. But again, I wouldn't I wouldn't totally write write off the EP in a sense. I think there's a couple of songs on it that we're kind of we're not playing live so much now, and we're kind of pushing to one side a wee bit. But there's there's a couple there that have definitely got potential maybe in the future to be to be reimagined to to look yeah. back over them. I think, as you said there, like it's if anything, it shows the progression of the band um, in all kind of ways. And I will say definitely, Jamie Holmes has done wonders for us. Oh, uh, and production-wise of the songs, he is an actual wizard uh, of a producer. Um, nah, Jamie's been Jamie's been great with us. Like we've went in, we've went in twice now for the feel the same dependent, and more more so do you feel the same? It was like wasn't wasn't so much a different song, but the structure was kind of different. And Jamie's having Jamie there, he's able to go. What what about this? What if you do this here and? Like that's that's helped make it into what it is really. 
Same with dependent. Dependent, we were sitting in the studio and we decided to totally rewrite the chorus. So the, the chorus to dependent was done within, you say, Adam, three quarters of an hour or something like that. We, we sat down because the, the, the original chorus wasn't really working. And then uh, yeah. when Chris was recording the drums, we kind of sat down and were like, right. Aye. Because the guide, the guide track, when we, were, when we done the guide track before we actually started recording, uh, we decided, Jamie and, and us, we decided, right, now we need to do something about this chorus because it's not going to work. And it never really occurred to us that. We just knew that we had quite a catchy song and we'd been playing it for two and a half, three years. If, if we'd had somebody else telling us like, who would just aye. do what we did, like, we would have recorded that and we would pray, like, different sounding song but like absolutely it's good to have someone that tells you like no you're wrong do this kind of thing or like he's not he's not like that but like he's he's suggesting it and ah, it's definitely good to get a set to get a, a second opinion on something I mean, and quite often with the experience he's got bring the, the lapels and uh working under chris marshall and playing with declan Mouse and that like he's definitely somebody for me anyway that well, would would they take his advice? That we have so far, anyway. Like we've took we've took a lot of the advice that he's given us, and that's helped us create the two songs that we have. Yeah, it's having having someone that that's looking out for you and has that that wealth of experiences can only be beneficial, even if you're not agreeing with with every suggestion or or every modification. But you'll certainly be able to enhance that. That sound, as I was kind of trying to get at, and a very long-winded question there, but yeah, I, I definitely think there's. You can tell technically, and and in, in terms of just the, the sound is is growing bigger and bigger with each release, which is is definitely uh, is definitely a sign of maturing and definitely a sign of of progressing as well. So I've went over what happened last year how this year has started, how you started out. I suppose the next question is, what comes next? What are your your hopes for the, the next 11 months of the year? And what have you got planned already? I think it's a good a good mix of, of kind of recording and gigging. Um, we're recording again with uh, Jamie next month. Um, I think we're still, we're still undecided what song it's going to be yet, so we better actually get on that. But... Um, uh, we've got that, and then that hopefully should come out kind of before the summer. Um, but we'll not put any dates on anything uh, yet. And then we've obviously got Sneaky Pete's, which is going to be really good. Our first kind of non-West Coast of Scotland gig, which will be good. Um, and I think we're in. We're looking for other gigs to kind of maybe fill out the summer a bit as well. But nothing kind of set in stone as of yet. Uh, I think I think the main focus for us this year is just to just to keep progressing. We don't have any. I don't think we have any ridiculous kind of ambitions or deadlines we're let off. We've not done this by this time, then it's not going to work out. But we don't really have that. We just want to keep progressing. We just like we're we're enjoying it, isn't it? It's it's great. We're having great we're having great fun, which I think is the main thing. And trying not to forget about that when the gigs are mounting up and maybe there's a wee bit of building pressure on us, like we try to release things and all that. But like the main thing's just to enjoy it and hopefully keep on progressing. When we when we started it, I mean we didn't really set out to be like the biggest band in the country or the world or whatever. It was like one of the first things we said to each other was like, oh, it'd be good to do tuts. That was kind of our main ambition starting off. And obviously we've had 
quite a few pushbacks now, but that, that day, like I said, yeah, we, will, we will get to we will get to do it eventually. But hopefully, that isn't that isn't the the peak of it. The way things are going, the notions of kind of it's starting to look a little like Avatar Two or GTA Six at this point. <laughs> No, that, that's it. I, I think that uh, it's, it's good to have these these ambitions, and, and as you say, the, the stuff that the stuff that has fallen down so far, that's circumstances that are out with your control. And as it, as it does seem like, as we're sitting just now, it does seem like the world is is slowly beginning to to turn back to some sort of normality. So I, I, uh, I think that. There'll be so much this year, and, and so many kind of doors opening, and it's just just up to you guys to, to knock them down, I suppose. Aye, well, we've no we've not really had any, we've no went back the way anyway. So hopefully, we keep going the way we're going. Get more, get more songs out, get more, get more gigs done, and keep going the way we're going. Really, we're not in any rush anyway. We're just hundred percent just pulling along, enjoying ourselves. Oh, and again, that's a, another thing that's absolutely massive in, in terms of getting as much enjoyment as you can get out of kind of creating music and also getting these opportunities and experiences. It's uh, there'd be no point doing it. Or there's no point in doing many things if, if you're hating it or, or disliking it. So it's uh, it definitely seems like an exciting time. We've seen so many bands kind of fall fall by the wayside a wee bit and fall off, and it's it's really bands that we've played with, bands that we've heard of, and just duty falling out of love with. And I think one of our main focuses is to make sure that we don't do that, that we just keep we just keep enjoying ourselves, keep doing what we're doing. If you set yourself these kind of high goals and these high targets, and like chances are you might not reach them. So like we we just we've been taking it a day at the time. Um, and yeah, as Lewis said, just trying to enjoy it like in the moment anyway, because it might not might not be forever. So you just got to kind of like take take each gig and each like recording as it comes anyway. At this point of the podcast, I like to ask the guests for two or three Scottish bands or artists that the listeners may or may not have heard of that you very much enjoy and would like to give a, a shout out to. Have you got any prepared or am I? Putting you on the spot here. Putting us on the spot. I don't want to go. I I would say personally, my favourite um, at the moment. I love. I do love Declan Welsh. You'll obviously hear them, but they are amazing. I saw them at SWG three the other week. They were the other week, really, like two months ago now, but they were amazing. Uh, Trying to think who else. Fovs are brilliant. I've never seen them, but they are brilliant. Um, the Catons, as well as we mentioned earlier, their last single, their last few songs have been excellent. Um, God, yeah, I do know, like, I feel like I know so many, but now that I'm trying to remember them, it's, it's escaping me. We've got a similar music taste, I think, so I'll help you a wee bit. My favourite, my favourite now, and I think in 2021, they just went up to a, another level. I've never actually managed to see them live yet, but Pali Amo for me are my oh, absolute favourite. Adam, Adam actually got me into them. I'm not going to take credit for that one, but Adam's been listening to them for years and I, I've only really just took a proper interest. I in don't know last. how I forgot Pali Amo there, but yeah, I went to see them at Tuts whenever they played Tuts last and I was in the front row. That was a fucking amazing night. 
Aye, so Paul nice Amo. Aye, good. I look forward to that one. But aye, Paul Amo, I've got right, I've got right into them in the last. I don't know when did Paul and Barry come out? Since summer, summer last year, I've got right into them. And the the guitarist of Paul Amo, Finn, he just him and uh, one of his pals just released like a kind of EP not long ago. You should definitely oh. check that. That's got some great stuff on it. What's that called? I can't remember what that's called. Uh, I can't remember, but it's it's really good. His, his name's Finn. And, and if you go, if we on, if you go on the Parliamo page, I'm sure it's they'll they'll be promoting it there. Aye, uh, Dead Pony, Dead Pony's Dead another one for me. Amazing, so good. Aye. I've just, I mean, I had a, I had a mere kind of pre-lockdown, I had a mere kind of indie preference, but I started getting into a wee bit my behaviour stuff. I got right right into like. Know that they're too heavy, but Royal Blood and all that, and started to kind of have a lot, didn't expand my music taste a wee bit to help, like for main enjoyment, obviously, but to help us with the writing and all that. But I did Dead Pony, I kind of right up my street, you know. And a third one, try to think somebody to play with. I really like Panda stuff. We played, they we supported them at St. Luke's just before Christmas. I'm right into their stuff now. Pandas are cool, they were good guys. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Don't know. We we can I get we get involved. Oh, another one I've just came across actually as well. Who are there? I think their their gig at Tuts is going ahead and it's nearly sold out. They're banned for green up called Slicks. I think they are similar ages to us. The bass player was in a band that we played with years ago. So I I, I recognised him when I came across him. But I so. Polyamo. There's, so, there's so many great bands. Uh, I can. We could go on all day. We could go in for another half an hour. Just talking about other folk. Spires <laughs> as well. They're brilliant. Aye. So Good what you'll find out about us is we're massive fanboys. No, no, that's it's a, it's an extensive list. And to be honest, is I think the kind of trend is that there isn't a trend. There's, there's so many. I, I get introduced to, to new bands through... The recommendations of the guests on the podcast, which is a is a really good thing. Uh, Parley Ammo, as I was saying there, I think we're recording with them next week. And in, in terms of the new EP as well, it's just a, it's a really kind of cool change of direction that they've had there. Uh, really clever stuff. Um, big fan of them, and I'm really looking forward to to kind of hearing more about that that EP. And now I've got a solo project to check out as well there so yeah I do and I'll definitely tune in for that one anyway I, I would expect your support going forward now Adam that's, uh, that's, that's <laughs> every week contract. I'll be on <laughs> <laughs> so just finally I would like to take the opportunity to thank you for coming on tonight it's been a really good chat uh, some really interesting stuff that we've, we've covered at this point I'll just give you the opportunity to to sell anything that you've got to sell, whether that be promoting your social media pages, any merch, any upcoming material, any upcoming gigs, uh, the floor is yours to what I normally say is channel your inner Dell boy and just go for it. <laughs> so you've came to us at a bad, you came to us at a bad time. Aye, so we could have spoke about that. No, we've got a few things, unfortunately unannounced but I keep an eye out the notion at the notions UK and Instagram same on Twitter uh, you can get 
our music on all streaming platforms through the link in the bio of both of the pages. Uh, we're making our Edinburgh debut on the 26th of February at Sneaky Pete's. That's our next feeling. if you want to see us. Aye, if you'd like to see us, that'd be good. Uh, we've no merch because we're skint. We spend all our money on recordings. I <laughs> uh, and we're recording again in the middle of February, so hopefully April, May time. I'm sure I'm right in saying tickets eight quid from Skiddle, so Aye. people of Edinburgh no. getting no your asses in gear. That's... Uh, the price about two pints now. Come on, you can manage that. It's maybe one along. pint in Edinburgh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a half pint in Edinburgh, actually. <laughs> Fraser McLean and Spangled on the, the bill as well. So, uh, a crack night in store. Uh, I wish you all the it's best for that. As well. Exactly. Yeah, right, absolutely. Nice. Your place brilliantly. You planned yep. this well. Ah, what so it's just all luck. It's all luck. <laughs> uh, just play it off as your own idea. <laughs> <laughs> Planned it for the start. Uh, that's a that's a perfect return to to gigging in 2022. Uh, Saturday night in Edinburgh. I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll be in fine forum then, and it's a and you've got an eye out in the capital after that as well. Oh yes, definitely. That one because I think we were originally supposed to be recording the next day. And we were kind of like, oh, God, we're actually going to have to go up at 10 or something like that. But uh, no, it's been moved two weeks before that now. So got a free day after. Aye. So if anybody wants to put if anybody wants to put us up on the Saturday night, then you know where we are. You can message us on Instagram or Twitter. There we go. That's the first yeah. time that I've uh, been used as room finder on the podcast. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we've, got the, we've got recordings to pay for. We can't afford the Edinburgh Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, I'm still concerned about the advertised eight pound pint now. That's uh, <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll maybe I'll maybe try and negotiate with someone in the door, uh, and we'll see how it goes. But no, guys, seriously, <laughs> thank you very much for for coming on tonight. It's uh, a pleasure. Thanks for having us on. It's been great. No, it's, the pleasure's been all mine, and as I say, I, predicting big things in in 2022. The new single is absolutely brilliant. And, uh, oh, thank you very much. Hope you're right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure it will be. And uh, let's hope that touch kick gets it's rescheduled soon. And I look forward to, to catching you and, and introducing myself to you. Aye, that'll be great. Aye. great man. Come on. You've been listening to the Scottish Indie Podcast. I'll be back in a week's time. Until then, thank you. Goodbye. Can't take it anymore